that. Welcome, everybody, to the Inscripted Wrestling Podcast. I'm Dan. I'm here with my brother, Doug. Yo. And uh, we're here with Eric. What's up? And Clint is here. Yo. Uh, we're here to talk TNA Sacrifice 2007. We uh, promised to do a pay-per-view on TNA. Me and Doug got YouTube premium, so we didn't have to sit through four hours of fucking ads. Oh, thank, thank God. Like... We would have been up till about one o'clock in the morning last night. <laughs> well, it's not that many ads on there. I don't have YouTube Premium, but it's not like many ads. And then whenever the ads came on, you just hit skip ad and go right on continue it. We were getting hit, up, oh, hit with them. We were getting hit like we watched uh, the last TNA pay per view we did a few weeks ago. We got hit with. Uh, Probably an ad like every 50 seconds, and it was getting to be a pain in the ass, which is one of the reasons why, I, why like, last week we decided to do something else. That end, I was having issues with my eye. Uh, so I, we were just like, you know what? Fuck it. We're not going to stay up till midnight. Uh, and then yesterday we were talking about it because I was contemplating whether or not I fake an eye injury this week. Uh, so we didn't have to do it because I did not want to sit through all those YouTube ads. And he and then we just decided, fuck it, we're just going to get YouTube Premium. Yeah, I so, should probably get. No, but th- mm-hmm. this was a fun watch. I'm excited to talk about it. I'm. I heard. Uh, well, via group chat, I, I think we have differing opinions on this one. So this is going to be exciting. Uh, it will be. But. Uh, We'll, we'll we'll get to the arena. Where are we at, Doug? In the impact zone? Yeah. Orlando, Florida? Yeah, they uh they were sparingly going to other uh buildings for uh for the pay per views. Like they hit they went to uh to Detroit for Bound for Glory the year before. I think they went uh somewhere for lockdown. Because Bound for Glory, Lockdown, and Slammiversary were their uh, were their big pay per views at at that time. Th- th- those were their biggest shows of the year. I know they had they had Bound for Glory one year in Philadelphia. Yeah, I think that was twenty eleven, Clintus. Uh, yeah. The Hogan years. Yeah, that because that was the main event was uh, Sting and Hogan. Or not main event. Kurt Angle and Bobby Roode was the main event, but like the big attraction was Sting and Hogan when Hogan couldn't work, but uh, TNA was kind of getting desperate, and Hulk uh, knew he was going to have to make some money to spend money on litigation because he wanted to sue Bubba the Love Sponge for that sex tape getting out. Uh <laughs> But uh, now, for those of you wondering for context, no, it's not a sex tape of Hulk Hogan above the love sponge. That's actually probably still on a DVD somewhere. Uh, this was actually Hulk Hogan having sex with Bubba's uh, wife at the time. <laughs> Just to clarify. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought Slammiver. So the allure of this, obviously, is the triple threat, right? This paper. Uh, Christian Cage, Sting, and and Kurt Angle in a triple threat for the still NWA world title at the time. Yeah. But then all the all the titles were actually defended in uh, in three-way matches. Yeah. Which yeah. I had forgotten about until... Yeah, that was like a theme. It's like the Fatal 4-Way WWE pay-per-view. Yeah, but yeah, TNA for once actually did something right that WWE couldn't. 
<laughs> you didn't like that one? No, I it, I thought it sucked. <laughs> a Rey Mysterio title change doesn't do it for you? Uh, no, it's uh, Skip Shipfield and Heath Slater who were absolutely fucking useless at the time, it, as part of like a big storyline of Nexus. Uh, you know, again, oh, those two right. were like fucking like they would become. Well, at least Heath would kind of become something uh, later on. You know, Skip Sheffield always remained a hemorrhoid. Uh, right back. Yeah, he he was popular at one time though. Yeah, but you know they tried to push him too far too fast, and look what happened. Yeah, it, it just it didn't work. And uh, he bitched and moaned and complained about it. And, you know, look what he's doing right now. Complaining on Twitter because Punk's got a job and he doesn't. Uh, but, no, like that Fatal 4-Way pay-per-view, me, that was just like, like, I know the Nexus was cool and all that and everybody liked the Nexus, but there were some people that just did not belong in there. Yeah. Like, I've got nothing against Wade Barrett. I've got nothing against Justin Gabriel. I really got nothing against David Otunga. You're not a Michael Tarver fan? I mean, he like, the gimmick, the Pitbull thing was kind of cool. Uh, and, you know, as far as Otunga goes, the only thing I have against him is he's a lawyer. Uh, so, but, like, the other guys, like, and, and Darren Young, Darren Young was okay, too, but Skip Sheffield and Heath Slater, who were, you know, they were given, like, prime spots in the group, which they did not deserve. Yeah. If anything, they deserve to be put in the garbage truck with Eric Bischoff. 100%. Uh, let's start from the beginning, though, here. Our first match in is Chris Saban versus Black Machismo, uh, Jay Lethal. And uh, Sanjay Dutt. Did they do a dark match in here? No. Because right, I, I know that at the time they were still doing, uh, they had their 30-minute pre-shows, and they would usually run, like, one match. But if they didn't, then we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think there was a dark match. So, uh, oh, yeah. These three guys, and it's amazing that, you know, this was 17, 18 years ago. And these guys, well, uh... Well, the, it, these three guys, well, with the exception of Sanjay Buttplug, who's just a... Uh, <laughs> uh, you were too, too ready to give a compliment. You had to take it back. Oh, I hate Sanjay Dutt. Yeah. Like, it, to be honest with you, uh, him and uh, him and Sam Roberts, like the only jobs they should have right now is uh, they should be somebody's uh, penis double. Because both their heads look like shaved penises. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I thought all three – I mean, obviously, these are the three of the most athletic guys in the X Division at the time. And I thought Chris Haven was a fun heel champion. And uh, Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt were incredible baby faces going after him. Uh, and and, and Jay, Jay Lethal was over. Jay Lethal, yes. I know Sanjay, Sanjay Butt was, Plug, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Jay Lethal was at his like prime here though. And a lot of these guys I mean Chris Saban more when the Motor City machine guns form in about a month. Yeah. Even though they're hanging out on this pay per view later on. But uh I still think that Jay Lethal I love him in Ring of Honor. He's done a lot of cool stuff. Uh here though, I think this is when he was really the guy and I feel bad that not a lot of people were watching. Because it, it it would have been a cool act for him to do in WWE. Yeah, and what's funny too is, and Lanny Poffo, Randy Savage's brother, talked about this many years ago. Uh, is that like, because he was asked, well, what did Randy think? Because Randy was still alive. Yeah. When when uh, Jay Lethal was doing the Cheesemo stuff, and Randy actually enjoyed. Uh, Randy actually enjoyed uh, the the black machismo gimmick. He didn't think of it as an insult. Randy knew that he was not going to get another mainstream pro wrestling job. Uh, 
especially in TNA, because he actually told Jeff that he should be the one to unseat him for the NWA title, so Jeff fired him uh, back in 2004. So, oh, but he knew he wasn't going to get a mainstream job, but he liked somebody kind of, because he looked at it as Jay was paying a tribute to him. Yeah. And, you know, that was kind of, it was kind of cool, and I always liked the black uh, the black machismo thing, uh, and Sanjay Dutt when he was be, he became the guru, yeah, and then uh, like which was kind of like fitting for him, and then he becomes his guru, and him and Jay were friends, but then Jay Lethal found his Miss Elizabeth in SoCal Val, and Sanjay said, "No, I want a fucker." Uh, <laughs> and then like that whole thing, and like. That that to me kind of ruined both guys. I mean, it wasn't the maybe Sanjay wasn't the best guy to be in that feud with him over that with SoCal Val. Maybe yeah. that should have been something different. But that's more on TNA booking yeah. than both guys. Yeah, that's just TNA. But you had Russo around the time, didn't you? Yeah, he was still there. So around this time, here is your TNA booking committee. All-star, all-star crew. Uh, obviously, Jeff Jarrett, even though Jeff was kind of stepping away at the time because, you know, he had to deal with personal issues. But you had Jeff Jarrett, Vince Russo, uh, Terry Taylor, Lord help us, Glenn Gilberti, the Disco Inferno, Savio Vega, wow. Dutch Mantel, uh, Pat Kenny, who uh, everybody knows is Simon Diamond, and uh, did I say Cornet? I think so. All right. And Mike Tanay. That's your committee. That's a big ass committee, dude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, did any uh, did any of them know what the hell they were doing? Probably not. But you know, that was the people that were booking the TNA shows. You're damn right they were. Yeah. That's a big squad, though. Yeah. It, it is. And, like, it was funny, too, because, like, Jeff Jarrett got, obviously got along with everybody. Uh, Russo and Cornette did not get along, but the committee was so big enough that they really did not have to interact. Yeah. So it worked out. It worked out for the best? Yes, it did. Well, for a while. What do you think of this one? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think this is what really kicked in when I said that the boredom started for me. I think this, I, I, I just couldn't really get into, this is the first match they had. And I, really just get into it. I understand it's for like the Exhibition title. And so you, you expect when you watch an S-Division titles, the S-Division is more like the cruiserweight. So I look at it as I'm expecting high moves, high flips, flats, razzle-dazzle. And this triple threat match, I didn't get neither. I didn't feel like I got that or made me want to like say ooh and ah and all the other excitement whatsoever. For me to be a, like an X Division title match, a triple threat, my you. What's your thoughts on Jay Lethal, and at the time especially, like what he was doing? Well, Jay Lethal, I, I was, I think, probably was would be like one of my favorites. I mean, the character, his, his character. He played. He's playing with. Um, I got behind him. So, out of all all like at division, I think Jay Luther was probably one of my favorites at the time. Oh, so that's even more so. so and the match still did nothing for you. Yeah. Well, gotcha. Let's put it this way: It's like I'm watching a match, and then I'm like, "Well, why is this match even happening?" It would be different if it had a back. So I haven't watched him in over like 10 years ago. So I think that's what most of 
I think pay-per-views all together need to do like a little throwback to the throwback and doing a little backstory before matches. So when you go back 10 years later, you're going to watch the pay-per-view. You at least know why it's actually happening on. Yeah. All right, Eric, what's your thoughts on this one? I can't. It could have done without Sunday. It would have been better if it was just Jay Lethal and Chris Steven. I think those two could have put on a much better match. And uh, I thought Jay Lethal should have won the match, probably. I think he, it would have been a good time to spell on him. It was one-on-one. All right. One out of ten, John. Uh, I've always liked J.D. Lethal, too. I give it a six out of ten. I'll give it a five. i give it a five, too. I'll probably match you to six, Doug. I, I, I didn't think this was terrible. But I, I do agree with you guys that Sanjay Dutt didn't really need to be there. It could It would have been way better as a one-on-one match. Well, the final month, that's what they did. Yeah. It was... Uh, Lethal and uh, and Saban. But I personally, I thought the high flying was there. Yeah, I, I thought they were doing a lot of flippy dippy shit. But I uh, I agree, Sanjay Dutt was kind of he was never really yeah. that great. But, but uh, all right, next up we got Robert Roode with Mrs. Brooks against Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett's last match for a year and a half. His first singles match in, you know, six, seven months. Uh, since he lost the title? Yeah, since he lost the title. And the thing is, is that he was going through a lot of personal issues. His wife, Jill, was on her deathbed with breast cancer. But, like, he was coming back because, uh, you know, he had been away for a while, and he was going to do some stuff. He wanted to put over – because Robert Roode was one of the best heels in the company at that time. Yeah. Uh, yep. And, like, he just, like, all the pace to be rude. And, like, he thought he was, like, a, a million-dollar man – or, like, a modern version of a million-dollar man and a JBL that could work. Yeah. Because, like, he had the money and all that. And, like – uh, you know, he didn't care about authority. Like, he shoved Jim Cornette on his ass. You know, when Cornette's like, I'm your boss, and he shoved him on his ass, he's like, screw you. Cornette, so he just kicked him in the nuts and been like, all right, fuck you, you're fired. <laughs> uh, like, uh, but, like, this match here, like, th- the setup for this match was, Bobby Roode owned Eric Young's contract, and Eric Young was being told was being told by a special friend that uh, he didn't have to listen to Robert Roode. That Robert Roode was a boob, uh, <laughs> and that you know, who gives a damn what he says? Who gives a damn? So Robert Roode, uh, you know, starts beating up Eric Young. He's like, "Who's the special friend?" It turns out it was Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett hits Tracy Brooks over the head with the guitar, uh, which she had coming. And then uh, this match had been set up. It was a it was a really good match. I personally did not like the fact that Robert Roode went over, but I do give Jared, Jared a lot of credit because he doesn't do this a lot. You know, put over the the younger talent. Yeah, you were saying that last night. You you were like, uh, I, I think the wrong guy won. It's like, dude, that is an unpopular opinion. Would you? Because when you think about the Jared. Uh, TNA title run is a lot like the Super Cena and the Triple H rated terror stuff that everybody talks about. Of like nobody could beat him for so long, and it was definitely because he was the Booker, but he was the world champion for a while, yeah. and it kind of felt like Jared had this armor. So for him to go down in the second match in to fucking Robert Roode from Team Canada, like it's kind of crazy. I think like the thing of it too is that like. To me, there wasn't really a lot of payoff, even though that's what Rude's finisher was called. Uh, but then, like, if you go and you watch Slammiversary 2007, and you watch the match between Bobby Rude, or between Robert Rude and Eric Young, where 
uh, Eric Young's freedom was on the line, then you'll you'll see the payoff there. You will. Yeah. So, like, even though you uh you couldn't you didn't see payoff here, like it was it would be evident at the ne- at the next pay per view, and it couldn't it couldn't be. Jeff Jarrett that got the uh uh that got the uh, the payoff. It had to be Eric Young because this really was Eric Young's storyline. Yeah. You agree with that, Eric? What, what do you think, Eric? I feel like an okay match. I agree with Doug that the wrong person won. And I thought for a second maybe Arizona would like turn on uh to Jarrett. I don't know why I had that feeling, but this so, like, it, it, was, it wasn't the right out. move for the it wasn't the right move for the character at the time. Yeah, I know Arizona and Bobby Roode were close at one time. They yeah. were part of the uh, Canadian, whatever they called it. What, what was it called? In Canada. Yeah, it's in Canada. Ted, yes, for a brief second, I thought Eric Young would come down and uh, turn on Jeff Jarrett. That was an okay match. Yeah. Clever? Oh, man. So, I had to... I'll put it this way. I, I'm glad to see because I wasn't a big fan of neither one. So, in a way, I'm kind of happy I, Jared did win his match. Tell you the truth, it was a good, um, okay match. And that's mainly it. I mean, it was okay. I enjoyed it from, from what it was. I do agree, Jared, because if I had to pick be a fan of of who's fighting who. I I will be on the side of Jared in that one, on, on this one. Absolutely. Uh, I give this a probably just a four and a half. I would say five. Yeah, I'll give it a four. Yeah, I'll give it a five. All right. Let's move on to the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels versus Rhino. Christopher Daniels gets the victory here, uh, almost 10-minute match. The ending was cool. The ending was cool. I know there were, I, you were not necessarily thrilled with the match. I think the way he cracked him in the head with that baseball bat yeah. was kind of cool. Uh, so, and personally, like, at the end of the match, when uh, he tried to hit Daniels with the Rhino driver after busting him open, and security came out and stopped him, I, I really think he should have just started goring security. It's like, oh, yeah, you want to me? I'll beat the shit out of you. Because uh, I mean, Jesus Christ, they let the heels beat up security. Why can't the baby faces do it? Exactly. I wanted to see the. I wanted to see him driving through the chair. Like. I mean, hell, even like the security guards won't even touch, uh, won't even touch the heels to get them off the baby faces unless the heels need a hand jab. Yeah. So, uh, fuck, you know, if you're going to put your hands on the baby face to stop them, the baby face should beat the shit out of you. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, I thought the match was kind of, I thought. Christopher Daniels was really good around this time. I thought he could have been in the main event and then it would work. Christopher Daniels was, to me, one of the more underrated guys around this time. But Rhino, to me, was a little uh, past the prime. And I know he would go on to do shit like even in 2017, 2016, especially with Heath Slater. But uh, right now, just right there, I thought the TNA run was kind of over for him. 
It was, I think, at the time, but they were also still using him to kind of get over those mid-card baby faces and try to get him ready for the next level. Daniels wasn't a baby face, though, was he? Or the the heels, I mean. Uh, the ones that security were hand jabbing. Yeah, I would only give this guy a second. I go four and a half. I go five. I kind of enjoyed it. I'll get a five. All right. Now, me and Doug in an alternate universe, the Basham brothers. Basham and Damage It. Doug and Danny. Yeah. Basham and Damage It. With Christy Hemi. And this is how Vince Russo, this whole storyline is. It's them against Kip James because they uh, beat up BG. Or whatever the fuck his name, Road Dog. Yeah, BG James. Yeah. Yep. They beat up Road Dog earlier, so he can't show up, and it's just them against Kip. And they did do a video package for this one. Yeah. Well, they did a video package for this one because the whole thing started because uh, Kip James said that Christy Hemi was. Well, I said the word enough during an epi- during a Big Brother recap, so I'm not going to say the word. Uh, uh, I'm not going to say the word, but uh, Kip seemed to imply that Christie's head was on more hotel pillows than a chocolate mint. <laughs> this was you've asked me to clean stuff up. That's the cleanest I could go. Uh, this was how Vince Russo. This was. It was. Uh, a storyline where Kip James was being very sexist and very misogynistic and very okay. I could have I could have said that, but I felt like I needed to be a little more colorful with the chocolate mint. No, no you're good. But Kip was being very misogynistic, and Christy Hemi was kind of being a feminist. And of course, Christy Hemi was the heel. <laughs> Kip James is supposed to cheer him and be like, "Fuck that bitch." You know, I mean, yeah. that's how they designed Yeah, I know. That was confusing. Uh, it's like, wait, I thought Chrissy Henry was the face and then became the heel. It's like fucking, it's like two and a half men. Charlie she- Charlie Harper, the character played by Charlie Sheen, was the biggest piece of shit on the face of the planet because of the way he treated women. Uh, but because he, but he became... Because he was the main character of the show, he became that main protagonist, and people loved the character and all that, and all the women that, you know, wished death upon him, or UTI, or syphilis, or whatever, uh, you know, they were the, they were technically the heels of the story, even though this guy was the biggest piece of shit in the history of pieces of shit. And that's the way they treated the storyline with Kip and Christy. Like, the stuff Kip was saying to Christy, women's organizations all over the country would fucking Lorena Bobbitt this asshole. Yeah, especially today. Huh? Especially if he said said those stuff today, you would be crucified. Yeah. Uh, But... So, like, it, it made no sense, but obviously since Vince Russo was one of the head guys booking this thing, it, apparently it didn't have to make sense. Uh, but, yeah, no, like, to me it was confusing. I mean, I did kind of enjoy the match, because even though, like, Kip was technically the babyface, I enjoyed seeing the shit get kicked out of him for, because Christy Hemi, Christy Hemi's gorgeous. She is. Okay. Yes. She's the best of the best. She's gorgeous. Uh, you know, ring work might not right. be great and all that, but as a manager, I thought she was really good. Yeah. Uh, we met her, Doug. Remember we met her? I, th- I know you did. I don't think I was in line with you. But, uh, no, no, so she kind of killed it in this role. Yeah. And she kind of made what was kind of shitty writing and, and stupid laziness from Russo and Camp, she kind of made it in the good shit, to be honest with you. And what was funny, too, about uh, 
about this is one of the vignettes they did where she wanted to, uh, you know, she went to Cornette. She goes, I want him terminated. And Kip James is like, you stupid bitch. He's not going to terminate me. <laughs> and uh, Cornette's like, unfortunately, Christy, that's right. She goes, but do you really want revenge on him that bad? She goes, yeah. He goes, all right, then marry him. <laughs> and it's just like. <laughs> that is a Cornette thing to say. Yeah. Uh, but it was, well, and that was the funny thing about Cornette back in those days, like those little vignettes where he's making matches in his office, uh, and talk and, you know, talking to the guys or whatever, like there was always a funny one-liner at the end of each thing. Like there was the one time, you know, the Steiner brothers came in and Rick Steiner ripped Cornette's door off the hinges. Yeah. And, uh, puts the door right, like right up against. Or no, he doesn't put it up against the desk. Yes, he's holding it the entire time when Scott Steiner says they want Team 3D in the ring. And Cornette goes, Team 3D is Steiner Brothers, same place, same time. I smell money, so next week might not be a match, but you guys can have some, some, some camera time. You can have a segment in the ring. Okay, cool. Rick Steiner puts uh, Cornette's door up against his desk and goes, Sorry. And then walks out. And Cornette's like, how did he take my door off the hinges? <laughs> and the, and the girl holding the microphone, I forgot what her name was. She, was, she just looks, she's like, I don't know. Like, it was, just, it was just shit like that. Like, Cornette, because uh, Cornette could re- work really well with some of these guys. Even, like, guys that you knew he didn't like. Like, there was a couple times him and Kevin Nash had a couple of, uh, him and Kevin Nash had a couple of, uh, you know, interactions on camera. And Nash came out and said, I could get Booker T and Team 3D out of your office because they were holding Cornette's office uh, hostage. And then Cornette's like, all right, go ahead and do it. And then Nash goes, Jim, you have to ask me nicely. And Cornette goes, Kevin? (laughs) Will you please get those three jackasses out of my office? And Nash goes, Jim, I would be happy to. <laughs> just just <laughs> like that. That is cool. Well, yeah. So, all right. I gave Cornette his five minutes. So, you gave him his five. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're not giving him thought... more time. No. <laughs> I, I thought this match was really good. I'm going to give it a seven. I think this was a turn for the for a handicap match. Billy Gunn kind of he he I mean, he showed why he's a, a pro and he's still doing it today. Uh, Kip James yep. is the man, and uh, I thought Bram and Damager was surprisingly they hung they hung in there. Yeah, it was a good match. I give it a seven. I would agree with you and give it a seven. I give it a six and a half. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the match. It was probably the best match up until this point. Yeah, I want to agree. I said it was at this to this point. This was the um, best match. I did see on the card so far. Who would have thought that this match would turn it around for? Yeah, to me, it really took a turn after this. And it's an unlikely one, but yeah. after this, to me, it was all really good stuff. But uh, next up, to me, and this one, and I've seen this on a couple separate occasions, to me, it's hard not to say that this isn't the match of the a night. I might give it to one other later, but Chris Harris and James yeah. Storm in the Texas Death Match, the breaking up of uh, oh, they W. This to me, an A, AMW, I almost said AEW, <laughs> AMW was one of my favorite tag teams back in that era. Yeah. And, you know, it was kind of, it was kind of a heartbreaker to see them split up, but this match was awesome. And like the way they made each other bleed. Although the fact that like they fucking like would blade before they would take the shot, like you could see the blood starts to form on the top of Storm's head before Storm took the catapult into the table. Because yeah. you could see Storm kind of go like that. but And then the camera would catch the blood on the top of his head. Yeah. 
this match is uh, really well done. The blood, they over they overdid it with the blood a little bit. Like, yeah. Sam Storm had fucking puddles and puddles for a while. Yeah. But uh, it, I thought it was a, a damn good match. I think Chris Harris looked amazing coming out of this. And uh, it was a great baby face versus heel setup with James Storm being like a dickhead and then him getting hit with the bottle at the end to end it. And Jacqueline's always a nice touch. Well, <laughs> not that nice of a touch because if you try to touch her in inappropriate places, she'll kill you. Good. Yeah, she's an ass yeah. always She's one of my favorites. Without a doubt, one of the toughest women on the face of the earth. She Were you going to highlight that match right there, that Texas Death match? Was that chair, chair shot when he, um, are you talking about when Harris was hanging off the, hanging off the ropes? Yes. Yes. That was probably the most chair, chair shot I've ever seen in wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. That that was a sick shot. That catapult into the table, that was pretty sick. Like, this match, to me, this is a 9 out of 10. Yeah, I would agree. This wasn't my favorite match on the card. I'll give it a 10. It was a match of the night for me. Yeah. Yeah. T- yeah. Yeah. This is a hard one. I think I give this a, a nine. Either or not. No, I might have to go ten. I, I agree with Clinton. They, they beat the shit out of each other, and this is everything you want out of a Texas Death Match. This is a perfect payoff to a tag team breaking up. It was placed right dab in the middle of the card. It needed to be coming off of the last match too. We had, we had some momentum. We had a couple stinkers there. And then this hit with, uh, it was tremendous. Yeah, I give it a 10 out of 10. Next up, we got Jerry Lynn, Tiger Mask, Alex Shelley, and Senshi, otherwise known as Loki, or if you're an NXT Season 2 fan, Caval. Uh, this usually would be a match where, like, well, first of all, any match that featured Loki. I would usually go pee. (laughs) I don't mind him other than the fact that he wrestles stiff and he literally knocks guys out like it's a UFC fight sometimes. Yeah. Uh, But he, to me, he's had good matches. He has, there's, you know, I don't agree with him and, you know, we're not going to talk about it. I don't agree with him politically. I, I think he was an ass during, during the pandemic. Uh, and showed that he did not give a shit about people, but that's, you know, uh, when you walk around with that look on your face, like you're always constipated, uh, either constipated or you look like you're, uh, you're looking at, uh, fucking uh, somebody cheating on you 24 seven. Uh, I, I can't make the face cause it'll be, well, one, we're on the radio and two, it, it'll look like really offensive if I do it. Uh, but this match to me, like, even though this was the go pee match, uh, this match actually was really good. Well, yeah, and this was the flippy dippy one, too. And yeah. Jerry Lynn, even though he was oldish, Lord knows here, he, he was kicking ass. And he was really good in this. And he, he got the win. It was well-earned. Loki kind of, or Senshi, kind of brought that uh, that intensity and that badassness to it. Tiger Mask was doing his thing, and Alex Shelley was a fun heel to have in the mix. Yeah. Jerry Lynn, I think, at this time, 43 years old. And then Saban and Shelley getting together and fucking with Lynn after, and you kind of see the Motor City Machine Guns form. You see them form, and then you see Bob Backlund come in and make the save for Jerry Lynn. So, 43-year-old Lynn, 60-year-old Backlund, chasing off the 25-year-old guns. It was good times in TNA. Yeah. That that would be like Waldorf and Statler of the Muppets, the two old guys that usually sit up in the corner hitting a double suplex on Kermit through a table. <laughs> 
I wouldn't mind that. What'd you guys think of this one? I thought it was an okay match. It didn't last long, obviously, but it was a fill- it was a filler match. That's the way I look at it. Just something for people to go yeah. into the bathroom, I guess. Yeah, I agree with Eric. It was definitely a bathroom break match for me. So low key makes everybody have to go. <laughs> I, I didn't think it was that bad. All right, let's go to uh, the three-way dance for the NWA World Tag Team Championships. We have. Team 3D, Brother Ray and Brother Devon, are champions, going against uh, the bickering lovers in Scott Steiner and Tomko in the Christian Coalition. And we have the Latin American Exchange with uh, Conan, Homicide and Hernandez, the OGs, which is my favorite version of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So each team, actually, except for Tomko and Steiner, because I actually like both Tomko and Steiner, but the other two teams each had a piece of shit. Latin American Exchange had Conan. Team 3D had Brother Fat Fuck. <laughs> Wait, why are you going to Boom? Why do you have to be like that, man? Bubble Ray. It was on the road, Bubble Ray. He's an angry guy. There's nothing wrong with Bubba Ray. <laughs> I like Bubba. He's a fat, miserable piece of shit. <laughs> so are we. He is a fucking asshole. Like, Fucking, the fact, you know, first of all, his opinions, and and I'm not saying that my opinions are any better, uh, but then again, only 10 people listen to my opinions. So, like, but for him to go on Busted Open Radio with some of those takes, including telling John Moxley he needs to apologize for saving his own life and going to rehab to be better for his wife and kids. Fuck you, you fat fucking piece of shit. Like, they need, like, John Moxley needs to pick up his dog shit, drive to Bubba's house, and shove it down Bubba's throat. Jesus Christ. uh, Fuck that fat asshole. (laughs) I like his work. (laughs) I like Bubba. Uh, one of the best tag team wrestlers of all time. Well, you've Bubba never Ray. been that good of a judge of character. <laughs> yeah, hang around. You won't. But, uh, See what I mean? <laughs> no, uh, th- this match was fun, though. I-, I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed Steiner and uh, Tomko bickering. And Steiner, like, earlier in the promo, he's like, I don't have a packer! When he was screaming at Christian. Yeah. And I like at the end when Rick Steiner came in for the reunion, and they beat the shit out of Tomko, and Scott was happy with his brother. Yeah, they're fi- they're like, oh, Scott finally has somebody he can trust. And I wanted to be like, yeah, but about ten years ago, Scott turned on Rick. <laughs> yeah. But no, it was it was nice to see. Uh, it was nice to see Rick, and I'm glad that the two of them were able to have a little bit of a run in TNA. <laughs> Yeah, it was fun. It was nice. What do you think, Eric? I thought it was a good match. Probably maybe the second best match in the card. Maybe maybe the third, depending on. But I, I give it a seven out of ten. I like the match. I like the ending too. It was just function between the. Christian Coalition. What's your take on this one? Oh, well, it was a good match. Was what it was. Um, the ending was was I really enjoyed watching the breakup between Steiner and um, Tomko and. Uh, Rick Steiner and I'll make this look safe. Uh, what's nice as well as seeing 
But having the um, Ugly Boy sit there and watch the uh, Team 3D, I'm sorry, stand there and watch made it even better, if you ask me. All right. Yeah, I give this a solid 8 out of 10. Great tag match. I'll go 7.5. Uh, <laughs> deduct a half point because Brother Ray's a fat <laughs> You're going half. You can't, uh, you, you can't use weight as a excuse of golf poison weed. That's true. That's a personal attack, Doug. Yes. How many times is that idiot that personally <laughs> no, attack people? <laughs> like, who gives a fuck? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm going ham, but he usually goes ham on a whole fucking ham when he gets home. <laughs> that idiot. Well, just because he put a whole lady to a table doesn't mean anything. Get over it, right? She came first I've got no problem with him putting an old lady. Uh, I've got no <laughs> problem with him putting an old lady through a table. I just think, I just think he's an asshole. And being one myself, I'm pretty sure I, I am capable of pointing out when somebody is a no good piece of shit. <laughs> and you're also kind of chubby. <laughs> right, so I could point that out. Now I'm not. I am not Brother Ray Lard. It's about three fifty at one time. I mean, if I don't lay off the nutty bars and the peanut butter crunch, I might be. But that's... when I said you were the same size as of yesterday, you got. I wanted to fucking drop kick you through the window. Uh, you son of a bitch! <laughs> Talking about a personal attack. Staying right. away as much as that fat fucking thing. Right. Did, you, did you rate this? Yeah, I gave it a seven. Okay. Uh, Eric, what do you give it? I give it a seven. Very good. Now we got our co-main, Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. Uh, I know on the video it cut out on you guys on the YouTube page. Listen, TNA, it's TNA Tuesdays. They release these pay-per-views. Don't you edit them? Fucking check the tape, you sons of bitches. Who works? You know there's two people working at TNA. And uh, they're not doing shit. Because in the middle of this match on the YouTube video, it cuts out. Well, because this was also taken from... uh... This was taken from their on-demand service, that Impact Plus, before it became... Uh, oh, it's Impact Ash. And, uh... Global Force. So, I mean, me and Doug went and we found the rest of the video on YouTube. It was fine. Uh, I really like this match. I to me, too. this is my match of the night. That's why it's kind of devastating that it, you know, stops in the middle of it. It kind of cut the momentum. But to me, this is my match of the night. I think both guys really brought it. And these two guys bring it against each other all the time. They've been competing against each other for 20 years, and they're still good at it. Well, I mean, they don't, they're in different companies now, but tomato, tomato. But the rivalry in WWE for the world title was cool, too. Exactly. I like it better, though, when AJ's the babyface and Joe's the heel. Because to me, Joe is a much better bad guy. Yeah, we've touched on that a bit in the past. Yeah. Uh, and AJ, I think, is a AJ is good as a babyface and a heel. Like here, he was kind of just like that whiny. Like he he knew how good he was, but he was also an idiot. Uh, yeah. Heel. Uh, did you like this one? Uh, so what I just saw for the match, it was a great match. Maybe it will be a good match, but once it once it cuts out, and then I guess at the same time I was more like fed up with it. I had to go outside the show anyway, so I was like, you know, if you get this, no <laughs> story. Kind of ruined yeah. it, but whatever. Yeah, I'm with you. Oh, Eric? I like the match. Um, I did watch the ending. It was only like five more minutes anyway. But I did enjoy this match. I've always enjoyed AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. 
It's kind of hard not to. Yeah, it's a great combo. But one of the better chemistries in pro wrestling. Exactly. All right. Yeah, to me, this is a 10 out of 10. I would say about a nine and a half. Give it an eight. I think this was the second best match in the card. Clinic. <laughs> oh, how is the random match that you really get to see, though? <laughs> well, it's not our fault you didn't find the rest of the game, you know? I mean, I was going to. I mean, yeah, it was, but at the same time, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go back to my wrestling. My, 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 my order, man, sir. It was, like it was crucial to the match, though. It's the whole finish. Yeah, that's true. Hold on. It was a great finish. See, I don't blame you, though, Me and Doug almost said fuck it, too. <laughs> Doug actually did <laughs> say fuck it, and then I, I well, backed Yeah, out. because I was fucking <laughs> 10 minutes away from my bedtime. <laughs> I don't blame you. We <laughs> almost did that, too. But then we, we were like, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll look. But, uh, you know, I, 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 I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I mean... If you don't want to rate it, that's all right, because you didn't see the finish. Unless you want to rate what you yeah, saw. Maybe. So, I mean, if I rate what I saw, I would give it a 10, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, main event time. And this was a big one. This is the big triple threat. The reason we all came here, we put the 900 fans in attendance in their seats. <laughs> we have Kurt Angle, Sting, and Christian. And that's a real stat. There's 900 people there. Yeah. Well, yeah, because that's how many people could fit. To me... Like I said, the rest of this pay-per-view has been pretty glowing for me. To me, this under-delivered a bit. Yeah. yeah, and that's the problem, I think, with certain three-way matches, especially when you have three guys that are, like, different styles. C- completely different styles, too, these three. Yeah. Like, you would think, okay, these are three, like, top guys, but Christian Cage was still... Like, Christian Cage was a star at this point. Yeah. But he was still, like, you know, he was working with, like, AJ and Joe and and Rhino. He really had to step up his game to work with Kurt and Sting. Yeah, that was a big-time match for him. Yeah. And he lost. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically, Sting's the one that tapped out of... Which, it was funny at the end, like, because they would do the thing a few days later on Impact where they would hold the title up because Sting technically pinned Christian. But they gave Kurt the title because Sting also tapped out. But it was like a double that was a weird ending. position type thing. But they cut it out. They cut off the event before they could realize that, oh, fuck, you know, <laughs> the referees kind of screwed up the call here. Yeah, I thought we were going to get a controversial. I thought they were going to continue that at the end, but it cut, as you said, it cut off. Well, because also back at that time, too, TNA ran very close. Back in the day for the WWE pay-per-views, WWE always ended things 15 minutes early to give everybody time. So, like, you know, they knew they had a cushion of time before uh, they were supposed to go off the air. TNA always ended their pay-per-views Three minutes before. So they knew they didn't yeah. have a lot of time left. Yeah, it just, it just felt a little anti <laughs> Especially for a big title win for Kurt. It really didn't feel like that big of a deal. Right, exactly. The title change didn't feel like it meant that. It was like, all right, Kurt's champion now. It didn't feel like, oh, he just beat Christian and Sting and won the title. And, oh, Christian's devastated. It didn't feel like a spectacle main event, which it's the buildup. It kind of felt like it was going to be. Yeah. But I, I, cause the, yeah. the first video package, cause TNA did the big video package in front of the uh, pay-per-view and it kind of hyped this one up for me. And I was excited to see all three guys. And uh, I mean, good for Kurt, but to me, this just wasn't the best that all, all three of these guys were doing good shit at this time in TNA. This wasn't the best though, from all three of them. Right. He just didn't deliver. Yeah. 
To me, this is a six out of ten main event. I I would agree with that. I yeah. agree with the six. It was a disappointment, especially the ending. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a definite five. So yeah, 100%, John. All right, that was uh, TNA Sacrifice 2007. We'll give our final thoughts and uh, a, a rating for it. To me, I thought this was a pretty good TNA pay-per-view compared to the last. What was the last one we did, Doug? It sucked. Uh, Genesis 2006. Yeah, I really didn't like that one. Yeah, to we, me, this, this was a yeah, way we did better... Ago. Yeah, and to me, this was a way better way better content, way better pay-per-view. Uh, it was way worth the money if we, you, we were actually paying for it. To me, the death match alone really sells it, and Samoa Joe and AJ really sells it. The tag match is good, too. There's some good stuff sprinkled in, whatever, but I think you watch this for the death match and... Uh, for Samoa and AJ to tear the house down. And uh, to me, the, the triple threat wasn't terrible. It just wasn't the best main event. But there was a lot of, to me, there was four matches that I would watch again in this. Right. This was a, to me, this yeah. was a pretty decent pay-per-view. I give it a seven and a half out of 10. So I kind of look at it as this is one of those pay-per-views to where it, not necessarily a throwaway pay-per-view, but this is one of the, TNA pay-per-views, Sacrifice really didn't matter that much. But, you know, they had matches on here that were really good. Yes, you had a couple matches that sucked. Uh, but, like, this ma- like this pay-per-view was really good. And TNA was really cooking at that time. It was just unfortunate that not a lot of people were watching. I give it an 8 out of 10. All right. Eric? I enjoyed the card. It, it was mainly a 3 or 4 match um, nice card. Um, second half of the card of uh, the uh, pay-per-view was better than the first half. I give it a 7.5 out of 10. It's probably one of the best pay-per-views of k and we did. All right. So I want to say... I want to first rate it. I'll give it a 7 out of, out of 10. I think the Texas Deathmatch is like one of those um, private matches on that card that you, you'll think it was just, oh, it's just a tattoo falling out. But that really took the cake. That and, and Simone Joe and AJ Styles hype, hyped around a big – what's the main reason you probably want to tune in just to watch it alone. Yeah, absolutely. All right. What are we doing next week, Doug? So, uh, my reign of terror starts on February 2nd. Since it is the last week of January before my one-month reign of terror, why don't you... Uh, no, he won't. Why don't you go ahead and pick oh. up? You want one of the boys, too? I think I picked this one, didn't I? Yeah. Uh, Eric, what do you want to do next week? We'll let you pick because uh, you threw a hissy fit when I kicked your <laughs> ass in the Team Challenge Series. I'll, I'll get back to you guys. I have to think about it. Oh, yeah. Sounds good. All right. He never has a thought on the top of his head. It's always, oh, I got to think about it. Well, maybe he wants to be educated. <laughs> I know that's not your that deal. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely not my will. Uh, that and I don't think he... I have to think about what we have done and what we haven't done. I have to think about what we have done and what we haven't done so far. It's probably going to be a tier list or something. Okay. Yeah, just let us know. All right. I will. All right, boys. We'll see everybody next week. Later. Let's leave. Yep. Later. Love you, boy. Clint, tell us about it. It's going to happen at some point. Is this the new thing now? Goodbye. Have fun. <laughs> Bye. It'll happen at some point, damn it. <laughs>